Hello and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name is Warren Shute and I'm here with you today in my offices at Lexington Wealth. And I thought I'd uh, cut this recording for you on the basis that I just took a phone call from a lady, very well qualified, um, high earner, six figures, and her question to me was, Warren, can you, can you help? I've been referred to you by uh, an existing client and I need some help. I don't need pensions. I don't need to invest money. I just am so financially, and she swore a few times, disorganized. Um, I'm late on my taxes. I haven't filed for my VAT. I'm self-employed. I, when I see something, I buy it. I've got no money in the bank and I'm worried I'm going to blow everything and not make the most of this great opportunity that I've got. Can you help? And I love that. I love that because you can make such a massive difference for people, giving them some structure, some clarity, and some vision to put them on the right path that they can then run it themselves. And if they watch the videos like we do here or listen to the podcast, um, they will also be able to keep on top of things that way. So I thought, first thing is I said, yeah, come on in. Um, we work on a few weeks lead time, so she'll come in in a few weeks time. Um, but I thought, why not share what I'm gonna share with her in a few weeks with you now. So you actually get it in advance, okay? So today's recording is all gonna be about financial organization, okay? Because I believe if, you're, if you get clarity, you've got power. If you know where you are, you know where you've got to go to. Does that make sense? You know what you've got to change. Um, no point in just going in a training program and jumping on a, uh, without jumping on the scales or getting your top off and look and see what things look like. If you just start training and you don't know what you want to achieve, well, what use is that? In financial organization, this is the similar thing of actually jumping on the scales. Where are we now? And for some people, you know, um, ignorance is bliss. They'd rather not see it. But come on, guys, you know better than that. We can do that. So we start with Ali. Ali is every financial planner's best friend. Ali stands for assets, liabilities, income, expenditure. And it's the bedrock of all financial planning. Where are we today? What assets do we have? Now, um, for a lot of people who are in debt, they know with clarity what their debts are, but they don't often know what their assets are valued at. So let's take an inventory. What do you own your home? Do you own your own home? What's the valuation of your own home? Who owns it? Do you own it on your own? Do you own it jointly? Do you own it as tenancy in common? Or do you own it as joint tenancy? If you don't know this, perhaps this is something further, um, which we can do as a, a later date, but it's something you really should look into and, and know. Um, so you've got your assets of your home, bank accounts. Do you have lots and lots of different bank accounts? I was talking to some lady earlier in the week who had dozens of accounts who tarted them around just trying to get the best interest rate. And I said, do you really enjoy that? Do you enjoy doing it? And she did to start off with, but she no longer does because it's very tiresome. Just think of the mental energy it takes to do that all the time, keeping an eye on it and running around and, and changing different accounts and stuff simplicity is power honestly clarify things simplify it you're going to lose out possibly on a few fractions of one percent but i think you'll make it up with the time you've got available and a lot more fulfillment spending time with your family so if you've got lots of different bank accounts consider simplifying it bring them in so it's nice and simple uh, with my bank out system which i'll show you in a second uh, investments, have you got any PEPs, the old personal equity plans, ISAs? Do you have any share safe schemes with work? Um, is there any other savings that you've had over the years you've just kind of forgotten about? And quite often I'll hear people say I was only 100 pounds there or something. 
And I sort of have to remind them saying, that's a hundred pounds. There was a hundred pounds lead on the floor just there. You'd go down and pick it up. So it's worth getting all this sorted out. And once you've done it, once it's done once, you don't have to do it again, so it's all done. And then you come to longer term investments, so pensions, retirement plans. So, you know, you probably, I hope you're in your workplace pension as it is in the moment. If you're an employee, I don't mind if you're automatically rolled or not. If you're an employee and you're not in your workplace pension, please hit pause on this. Get your email out, send an email to your HR saying, I'd like to join, please. Hit send and then come back to the recording. Please, seriously, do it. If you're not in your workplace pension or an employee, you must join. Absolute must. Um, there are some caveats, admittedly, but they're for the people with really big pension schemes who um, will know better anyway. Um, so you've got the current pension scheme. How about previous pension schemes? What about previous employers you've got? Why don't you do a bit of a recce, bit of an inventory of saying, okay, well, when I left school, I went to college, I went to work, I went to university or whatever. What was the journey? Where did you work? Have you gone and checked out if you've got any pension schemes with these people? Um, I had a phone call in the week from an existing client who said, I've just received this letter um, and I don't know what employment is relating, but they say I've got a pension with them. What shall I do? I'm like, reply to the letter. Let's find out about it. You know, let's find out what it is, how much is in there, what benefits it's going to give you over your, in your retirement years. This is all about getting financially well organized. It's just a bit of housekeeping, going through your asset statement and getting valuations on everything. And that's step one, really, um, because then step two, we basically say, well, are the investments invested in a way that I want them to be? But I've covered that. I think last week we touched on investments. And I'll cover it again in the future. I will do more on investments. But this is really about being financially well organized. Um, so that's Ali. That's A. And then we come to L for liabilities. In liabilities, most of us will be aware of our mortgage balance or certainly approximately. But ones we don't tend to really understand so much are things like our car finance or maybe student loans. Or um, you're probably aware of your credit card debt things like that. So really get good clarity on what your liabilities are. So speak to your mortgage lender. Are you on a special rate? If you're not on a special rate, what rates do they have available? Now with interest rates being so low at the moment, it might be a good idea for you to consider a fixed rate mortgage. Now I can't recommend this to you because I'm speaking to such a wide audience. Um, individual recommendations will be different for everyone. But as a general rule of thumb with what interest rates are so low and they are very low at the moment, Fixing can be, for some people, a really good option. So maybe go and get some advice yourself or actually consider whether you'd like to fix your rate. Fixing it gives you certainty of the payment and you could be paying less. The downside about fixing is if you were to move, you've got to make sure that you can move the mortgage with you. Or if you pay your mortgage off, is there a redemption penalty? So there's, there's swings and roundabouts for each um, decision that you make. Credit cards, what's the rate of interest you're paying? If you haven't rung them up and asked them, are you too scared to do that? Go on. Do it, you can do it. Pick up the phone, ring them up and ask them. The interest rate you pay, they'll probably quote it monthly, so it might be like 1.5%, but that's over 18% in a year. That's very, very expensive. So consider looking at lower rates of interest. And if you haven't signed up for our weekly update, the Money Planner, uh, that comes out every Friday, sign up for it. Go to warrantshoot.com and sign up for the Money Planner. Um, every Friday we send you an update of what the current interest rates are on balance transfers, mortgages, that kind of thing. So you don't have to become a financial expert, but you can just keep your eye on what's going on. Um, I'm not a huge fan of consolidating debt. I like, there's no, I don't see there's really any benefit behind it. Um, so keeping your debt separate, 
Um, but I am a big fan of making sure you're paying the least amount of interest as possible. So if you're able to get a low interest rate, particularly on the larger balances, then that's absolute must and something you should do. Uh, if you've got a lot of unsecured debt, consider using the Snowball Debt Repayment System. We've covered it in the past. If you don't know what it is, go to warrantshoot.com, type in debt, re uh, debt Repayment Snowball, and it will explain to you on there what you've got, what you need to do. So that's your debt side of things, making sure that we're up to speed on our balances, our minimum payments, and our interest rates, and when things are going to pay off. And if you've got a lot of it, go to the website, download the Snowball spreadsheet, key the figures into there, and then that will keep you organized what's going on. And then we come to income. Now, income's an interesting thing, really, because people generally know what they get paid net, but they, a lot of people, a lot of my clients, can't often tell me what their gross pay is. It's quite interesting, really. Um, get a copy of your pay slips. Have a look. Are you being paid what your contract says or what your overtime hours say or what you think you should be paid? Um, are the deductions correct? So are the... Um, tax and national insurance, that's most likely going to be correct. One thing you can look out for is the personal allowance, the tax code. Um, 1250L is the standard personal allowance. Is that the right one? If it's different from that, maybe a conversation with the payroll department, HR, just asking why it's different to make sure you understand why it's different, or maybe ring HMRC and ask them. Um, are the deductions from the pension correct? Are they going out correctly? Um, are you getting any childcare vouchers? If you don't get childcare vouchers, and they've really gone now, it, the system's changed, but making sure that, that that's being worked properly. Um, and, and just making sure your deductions, everything's working correctly on that. Uh, looking at other income sources, so you've got things like um, uh, child benefit, you're getting child benefit, uh, if you're getting the full benefit or you're getting a marginal benefit, in other words, is some of it being taken away because you're earning a little bit more money. Uh, if, one of, if you're in a relationship, one of you is a basic rate taxpayer, and one of you is a non-taxpayer, are you claiming the marriage couple's allowance? So making sure you're claiming all the different allowances you can. That's where you can claim 10% of the uh, non-taxpayer's personal allowance, so £1,250, um, against the basic rate. So it saves you uh, £250 tax a year. And it's fairly simple things to do. Um, if you're making pension contributions or charity donations, and you're earning over £50,000 a year, so that makes you a higher rate taxpayer, are you claiming the higher rate tax relief or the additional rate tax relief if you're a over £150,000 a year payer? Earner, sorry. So you're making sure you're doing these things. So when you make a pension contribution personally, so this is generally isn't an employer payment, but if you're making a contribution personally, either to a pension or a charity, you get the 20% tax relief. So it grosses up by 25%. But if you're earning over £50,000 a year, that means you pay 40% tax. If you earn over 150, it means you pay 45% tax. You can claim the additional 20 or 25% by sending evidence, so a statement from your pension provider, a pension certificate, contribution certificate, and a letter to HMRC. And sometimes they'll offer you a cash refund. And sometimes if they see it as an ongoing commitment that you're going to be doing, they'll adjust your tax, tax code. The same effect both ways. You still get the same benefit, financial benefit. One's just quite nice to receive as a, as a payment. You put it in your bank, it's quite nice. And obviously one is uh, being means you get more take-home pay. So have a look at those two things and make sure that you are claiming those and you're get, taking most advantage of all the different things, all the different allowances that you're able to do. So that comes to the income side of things. Um, actually, before I move on, I want to say, if you're not earning what you want to be earning, ask yourself the question, what would need to happen for you to earn 
X, the amount that you want to earn. You know, what would need to happen for you to earn another £10,000 or another 10% of income? What kind of job would you need to do? What skill set would you need? And then we've got expenditure. So we're looking at your expenditure. Now, expenditure is something that I've probably covered quite a bit. And it really links in nicely with my bank account system. So our belief system is that you have one bank account that covers all of your expenditure. And we automate as much of your expenditure as you can. And the reason we do that is we want to free up our mental space, our minds, our thoughts. Because if we're always thinking, oh, I must pay the milk bill. I must pay Johnny's, I was going to say Johnny's ballet lessons then. Perhaps so. Johnny's ballet lessons or Sarah's football lessons. You know, we, we, we're occupying our brain up here really when what we should be doing is just being present with our children, our partner, our friends and having fun. So by automating as much of your spending as you can, you take routine thought out of everyday actions. And that was a quote uh, from one of my mentors who trained me all the years ago, all those many years ago. And he would constantly say, take routine thought out of everyday actions. And it's something I've tried to do today, even in my personal and my business life. So we automate as many of our payments as we can. And they all come out of one bank account because it's nice and simple. And we ask ourselves, do we need this item? Do we want this item? Can I get a similar experience for less? Um, and a good example of this for myself, we noticed that our TV package started going up in value. They started to creep up in value. Um, and I noticed that I could get a free sat box as opposed to paying for a, a cable package. And I could get access to Netflix um, for less than I was currently paying. And uh, I was over the moon. That worked perfectly for me. That was great. So we've got two very good, actually probably better, free sat boxes than I was given by the, uh, the te uh, television company. And we had Netflix and it all worked perfectly. And we saved ourselves a considerable amount of money each month, um, which I could then use to either invest or enjoy as a family. So going through each individual item. Now, with the money plan, we're not into foregoing today so we have a nice future because the whole journey is called life. And what we're trying to do is to make sure we enjoy life and we have fun along the way. Um, because so many people, I've seen so many people over the years, go without so much only to wait for a future date. And actually when that future date comes, some things have happened and the people aren't always there to enjoy it with. Whether it's a matrimonial breakdown, relationship breakdown, or heaven forbid, someone passing away. So it's all about enjoying the present moment, having fun, enjoying it, making the most of it, but being wise and just making sure you've got provision in place so that you can only not only enjoy the present moment, but you can enjoy future moments as well. So um, looking at your expenditure, going through each individual item, do I need this, do I want this? Can I get a similar experience for less? Um, we need to have two payments in there which are essential. One of them is a payment from yourself to yourself. It's essential that you save, guys. You must save. And we typically use the rule of thumb as the first working hour of a working day, so 12.5%. That's being put out there really is a guide for you to say, okay, well, that's what I'm aiming for. That's something most people don't save that much. It's a nice target for people to work towards. Um, if you're already saving with your workplace pension, it would be fair and reasonable for you to take that into consideration. Um, but in the same breath, if you're listening to this and you're in your 50s or 60s and you haven't done much for your retirement plan already, then, hey, 
I'm sorry, there's no secret sauce. You're gonna to have to put more money away and you're gonna to have to get, um, sacrifice some other things so that you can do so. Okay, so that's a target. So that's called your uh, your savings allowance, your snowball, your payment that's gonna build up a, a nest egg in the future. That's 12.5% of your total gross income. And then another payment um, which comes out of the bills account, again, from yourself to yourself, is called your WAM. And this is your walkabout money. And this is the money that you pay yourself every week on a Wednesday. And it's every week on a Wednesday for a purpose because we spend most of our money when? Please don't say on a Wednesday. I've had people answer me that in audiences before. I must have very good rapport with them. We pay, we spend most of our money on the weekend. So Friday night, party night, Saturday, maybe a bit of shopping around the town, and then Sunday, possibly a pub lunch or something like that. And then we're back to work on Monday. So if we spent all of our wham, our spending money, by Monday, I've only got Monday and Tuesday to go without until I get paid again on a Wednesday. So we're trying to reinforce that positive action of receiving some money and if you need to, go without for a few days so you're not going out for too long, going without for too long. Um, I relate a lot of finances back to nutrition and diet. If you were to say to me, hey Warren, um, you can't have wine or pizza or beer for six months, I'd say, hey, do you know what? Life's pretty short. Um, I can see the benefits in that, but hey, you go ahead and do that. I don't wanna do that. I wanna be happy. It's not about anything else for me. It's just about being happy. So if, you, if I said to you, okay, look, you, I can get you debt free. I can get you to become financially independent, but you can't have any fun and go out and spend any money on yourself or on the kids or anything else. You just gotta save and invest it and pay all your debt down and you will be debt free and you will be very wealthy. See, these things take time and it's not gonna happen in six months. It's gonna happen over a period of time. And do you know what? So much can happen in that period of time. People can walk out of our lives and fall out of our lives. And um, I don't want you to have any regrets. So the wham is there for your payment to yourself to enjoy it. Now, admittedly, if you have unsecured debt, I really get you to make sure that your um, bills payments are very lean. So there's very, very little um, fat on the bone, for whatever word, because I want you to make sure that you have some money to spend, but I also want you to make sure you're paying as much of that money off onto your credit cards and loans as you can so we get debt free. Um, and that's where the snowball, the 12.5% goes to on day one. So they're the two payments. You've got your snowball and you've got your wham. And your wham's paid weekly on Wednesday and it covers all your general variable spending items. Things like putting um, petrol in the car, uh, Costa coffee or Starbucks coffee or Cafe Nero, whoever you go to. I like coffee shops. Um, getting your hair done, parking. I'm just thinking through my own wham payments where they tend to go to. Um, having lunch out, you know, so if you want to go and have lunch out. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. But it's got to be controlled. And it's the same as nutrition. It's not wrong to have a bit of pizza, but if you had a whole pizza every day, that's where it's gonna fall down. So it's just about controlling it and having some control over it. So that's your expenditure side of things. Um, and we, we really um, keep the expenditure as lean as we can, particularly while you've got um, unsecured debt. We want you to save up from that, that snowball payment. The first action is to save up a thousand pounds. Once you've got the thousand pounds saved up, pop that into premium bonds, and then any other money you've got, you use to pay down your unsecured debt. Let's get unsecured debt free. Once your unsecured debt is gone, is all cleared, 
we then use it to build up an emergency reserve. And our emergency reserve will vary for all of us, and it will be somewhere between three months and 12 months of your expenditure. Now, for those of you who are listening who just want a figure, just go for six months. If you don't have anything now, if you had six months, you're gonna be bang on the money. Um, but three to 12 months is a fair and reasonable amount for most people to do. And then once you've got that saved, and don't underestimate the amount of time this might take, once you've got that saved, you then use your snowball to allocate it towards your mortgage overpayment, your retirement fund, and enjoyment. So you pay some money back to yourself. And in the money plan book, we split it 40, 40, 20. We put 40% of the money into our mortgage overpayment. So we've got our mortgage and we're overpaying it. We put 40% of the money into our retirement plan. So we put it there for our future tomorrows. And then we pay 20% of the money back to ourselves. Because remember, the only money we've really got available to ourselves right now is our wham. Okay, and that's weekly, that's going on our, our um, shopping, our costas and everything else, going out and enjoying life. There's not a lot of fat in the bone there. That extra 20% comes back to ourselves so we can enjoy it. And the only caveat I say is you're not allowed to take any debt out. So if you want something you can't afford, you save up. And it's a good habit to learn to save. Um, and you save up and you save up and you go and use it and you pay cash for it. And it might be used for holidays or extra gifts or maybe just treating yourself, something like that. But that positive reinforcement of staying on the program, on the plan, is going to help you stay on it for a long time. And it's, it's duration that's going to work on this, not intensity. It's, it's being on the plan for an amount of time that's going to show you the rewards over time. Now, um, let me touch on children as well. Um, I've got two kids. Most of you probably know Ollie and Bella. Bella's 12, Ollie's 14. And um, I realized very early on that if I gave them everything they wanted, uh, they'd be spoiled brats and I'd be broke. Okay, so I needed a system, a strategy to do that. So we developed the bank, uh, the pocket money system with my wife. And the pocket money system basically is we pay them two pounds for each year of their age per month. So Ollie being 14 gets 28 pounds a month. Bella being 12 gets 24 pounds a month. And they buy their wants, we buy their needs. Okay, so we they need something, school trip, school clothes, it's an expensive time of year, this time of year. Um, we buy those. Their wants, um, Bella just loves buying stuff, art stuff typically, scrunchies, anything arty. She likes making slime, although that's tailed off a bit now. Um, that's what she'll use her money for. Ollie, he likes his Xbox, he's getting into his trainers, he likes his trainers, so he'll buy the expensive trainers or certainly the excess over what we're willing to pay from his own money. Uh, and they'll also buy gifts for the family and for them, for their friends and things from that. So that's their money that they can do as they want and we get it paid automatically from our bank account into their bank account. We used to use the Osper card when they were younger. Uh, they've now graduated to a proper bank account. Um, and we get them to do that on the basis of they've earned the money, they have chores around the house that they do, and they then therefore deserve to spend the money on things that they want to. I'm trying to teach them to be good with money in a safe environment. Um, we get them to pay for their mobile phones and things out of their own bank account as opposed to out of our bank account so that they're paying for direct debits in a safe environment. So they're living with us, they see there's payments going out and what they need to do to manage those. They know that they've actually got to make sure there's money in the account and things like that. Um, I remember when I first moved into my my house, my first house, um, and thinking, oh my God, I had mortgage, gas, electric, council tax. I didn't have council tax straight away because they didn't actually invoice it straight away. So we had a bit of time and then we had an arrears on it. Um, I had all these bills and no one actually just took me under their arm and said, hey, 
this is what you need to do. You need to have a list of your payments. You need to pay yourself weekly. Uh, and this money here needs to cover all the bills. Um, and what's left over, you can spend or save or what have you, but this has got to cover the bills. So this is what we're trying to do uh, in this environment. So that's the basics of financial organization, starting with Ali, assets, liabilities, income and expenditure. And then when we go from that, one of the uh, byproducts of that, which I've already mentioned, is making sure you've got your emergency cash funded, making sure there's enough emergency cash there. Tick, three to 12 months, perfect. So I hope that has been of interest for you today. Um, financial organization is the bedrock of financial planning and good financial organization is a great foundation for financial success. Um, making sure you know what's coming in, what's going out, what you owe and what you own is essential. Um, don't get too hooked up on it. Spend a bit of time, half a day, a few hours, once a year, that's generally enough. Keep an eye on the Money Planner um, update every Friday and keep an eye on your pay slips. And I wouldn't even keep too close eye on your investments either because they're long-term um, and generally speaking, annual investment reviews are plenty. Please give me a shout. Uh, if you get any questions, message me. I am still able to reply to all of your questions. Um, I'm not sure how long that will be for because we do get an awful lot now, which is fantastic. Uh, please subscribe to my channel and also make sure you hit the reminder button there so, um, so you get a little notification when we upload a new video. Uh, until next time, my name is Warren Shute. This has been Financial Education Foundation and it's been a pleasure speaking with you.